0: Hello, Veterinary Unicorns. My name is Amy Newfield, and I'm both the host and owner of Vet Team Training. Please check out all my other blogs, vlogs, and podcasts at vetteamtraining.com. Today, I want to talk to you about angry clients. Because my goodness, do we have a lot of angry clients in veterinary medicine. And it's hard because we struggle to deal with clients. So let's kind of break down who the angry client is, why they might be particularly angry, and what we can do about it. First and foremost, we went into this industry because we resonate with pets more than we like people. That is mostly true for a lot of us. No one told me I was going to work with so many people. And it's not just the clients. I've got a whole team of people that I have to work with in my veterinary hospital. There's a lot of people. So let's kind of talk about clients. I want to talk about sort of the change that we've seen in our clients. They're more demanding now than ever, but this isn't about just the demanding client. This is about the angry client. So if you're a dinosaur like me and by dinosaur, I mean, you've survived in this industry and you thrived, ideally not just survived where every day you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing the same thing. Hopefully you're legit surviving in this industry like me for more than 20 years. Congratulations. You're in dinosaur land. And I'm glad because there are some amazing dinosaurs in this industry like me. If you've been a dinosaur more than 20 years in this profession, congratulations to you. You have thrived. There's no other way you could have done it. But you've also seen a dramatic difference in the clients from those in the 70s, 80s, and 90s to now. And there's several different reasons for this. One of the biggest reasons is the change in relationship between the client and the pet. When I was a kid growing up, occasionally my dog would run away from home and people would bring her back or she would just wander back and we'd be like oh she's back we tied her out the front she was not allowed up in the bedroom she was not allowed on our couches she didn't sleep with anybody she had to stay downstairs by herself that was normal and actually my parents offered way more amazing care to that dog that i grew up with than most people in the neighborhood most people in the neighborhood had dog houses and they made their dog sleep outside ours slept in the actual house with us and she was truly part of the family we celebrated her birthday she got her a dog cake Um, She got to celebrate holidays with us. She was truly got to go on vacation with us. So she was with us all the time. And while I can safely say she was part of the family, it's not like it is today. She was part of the family, but pets nowadays, They are family. And that is the difference. The difference really started in the 90s. And the reason is, is because unlike my dog, Molly, growing up, she didn't have any flea or tick prevention. It wasn't a thing. And it wasn't until the 90s when Frontline actually got invented and pushed out onto the market that flea and tick prevention became mainstream in veterinary medicine. Prior to that, poor Molly, she went over to the local firehouse to a pyrethrin dip. This was a flea dip. My parents actually paid to dip in caustic cancer producing chemicals to get rid of the fleas literally it was one dog after another you would take these dogs dip them into a flea bath and then really they told the people hey just don't touch them until they're dry so poor Molly would come home stink I still remember the smell it was terrible but this was a great way to kill all the fleas and other than sort of just this weird dust white dust that you put all over them or these powders you would put all over them There wasn't much else that got rid of fleas and nothing that got rid of ticks. So when frontline came along and you just put drops on the back of the neck and there were no more fleas, guess what happened? Pets are now allowed in the beds. Pets are now allowed on couches. We're hugging our pets more. We're loving our pets more. They're sleeping with us. They're sleeping under the covers with us. This is pretty amazing experience for that human and animal bond. So we can really attribute parasite control as bringing pets even closer to us than it was before. The other thing that has caused demanding of climates is the internet. Love-hate relationship. I mean, For those of you who are not dinosaurs, we used to have telephones where you had to stick your finger in a little hole and rotate it around, and that would be number one. And then you have to do it again. And then we got fancy, and we could just push buttons into a phone. But there was a cord, and if I wanted a private conversation because I was a teenager and I wanted to hide from my parents, I took this very long cord. It wrapped from my kitchen through my dining room up the stairs and I would hide in the stairs. My parents could hear me, I mean they could. I don't know why I didn't think my parents couldn't hear me, but there I was whispering into a telephone trying to have a private conversation. Now, you people, a lot of you younger individuals, you grew up with cell phones. You could have all the private conversations you wanted. That's pretty amazing. Um, so that's pretty awesome but the internet is an awesome thing overall i will say the internet's amazing but with it comes a demand for everything right here right now i want it and dr google is ever present and so when you combine our love of our pets and the fact that we want everything immediately because we're so demanding even i myself have changed i if i send a text message to a friend and they don't get back to me within an hour or two Are they dead? Did I do something wrong? What's going on? Why haven't they gotten back? What jerks are they? Are you serious? It's been like two hours. Two hours and I don't know what's going on. Are you serious right now? I mean, we used to have to write a letter, put it in the mailbox, send it off, and wait for a reply via an actual letter. Weeks went by and we were okay with waiting. But we're not okay with waiting now. And so unfortunately, we now have very demanding clients. But we ourselves are also very demanding. So let's remember that. And we also have information at our fingertips. So take all of this information and this is where we see ourselves with sometimes super angry clients. We have our clients who are very passionate. They love their pets and they're more demanding than ever. But this isn't about just demanding clients. This is about the angry client. So now we know, again, these are our fur babies. These are our fur kids. I'm a dog mom. I'm a, dog, I'm a cat mom. This is what I am. And they are fully integrated into our lives. Now I want you to picture a dog or a cat that is their fur baby getting hit by a car. And they need it fixed right now. So I'm going to tell you a story because this actually is predates just when the internet was coming of age sometime in the 90s. uh, We weren't using it except for email. That was about it. But fax machines dot matrix printers, all those favorite things are still ever present in the 90s when I was working in the vet clinic. A very big burly guy, his dog got hit by a car. It was a Rottweiler. I'll never forget it because it was such a scarring and traumatizing moment for me. But in the moment, as my young 20 something year old self, I couldn't see that I had caused this guy to explode. I actually thought he was completely in the wrong and that he was the problem and that he was the issue. And this is, again, before, you know, parasite control. So he really loved his pet, even beyond the normal pet love, I'm sure of it. So dog get hit by a car. He brings in to the veterinary hospital. There weren't really even emergency trauma centers in the area. So he comes into his general practice like most people did at that time. And I was the first person up there. I said, hi, I'm Amy. He's screaming, my dog get hit by a car. Save her, save her. I say, okay, sir, you wait up here fill out the paperwork. I'm going to go ahead and take her to the back. I will handle this situation. Um, and so I take her to the back and I call the doctor out of a room. The doctor comes running to the back. We're trying to get IV catheter placement. When all of a sudden the front desk person comes back and she says, my God, he's really angry. He's demanding to see his dog. He wants to see his dog. And I told him he can't because the team is working on his dog, but he's not getting it. And I say to the veterinarian, I've got this. I'll go talk to him. You work on the dog with the rest of the team. And I run back up to the front. First of all, side note, total waste of my time. We'll get into that in a minute, but what am I doing? Here I am as a trained medical professional being pulled away from caring for his dog to deal with this situation, which is annoying me because it's totally this guy's fault in my head. So I go up front and I say to the guy, sir, I need you to calm down. The veterinarian's working on your dog. Yes, she's very critical. We're doing the best we can to try to save your dog's life, but we're going to be up as soon as we have some answers, as soon as she's a little bit more stable. But you need to let the team work in order to save your dog. Life, he goes, I just want to see her. I just want to see her. And I said to her, Sir, we just we're doing the best we can. I need to get back there to take care of her. You need to calm down. We are working as fast as we can. I promise you, someone's going to be up as soon as we can do that. I run to the back. I'm trying to deal with this dog when all of a sudden, less than a minute later, who do you think comes barreling back? That guy. He is now screaming, where is my dog? What are you guys doing to her? Is she still alive? I'm going to sue you if she dies. Are you kidding me? Uh, If she dies, I'm going to kill everybody in this hospital. So I looked at the veterinarian snuck out and I called the police because this guy was pounding on the table screaming the veterinarian had to stop what she was doing she needed to direct her attention to this guy saying to him sir I'm trying to help your dog she's she's in shock we're trying to get a catheter in her. we're trying to get fluids I need you to calm down and him screaming sh- she looks worse than when she came in here what do you guys do you're not even you don't even do anything yet you've done nothing yet we called the cops and yeah, he they dealt with that. I don't even remember what happened after that situation. What I remember is trying to stabilize this dog and the dog did die. And I do remember this guy being very upset that his dog died. I remember, you know, him screaming a whole bunch uh, more at everybody. Um, and it was just a really traumatic situation. I blame that guy. He was a jerk. He needed to let us do our damn job. And I can't even believe, I can't even believe that he got in our way. But then 10 years later after that, I realized in a moment of clarity that it was my fault. And it was my team's fault we had caused that guy to act out of control. Now, everybody's in control of their own emotions. I don't cause somebody to get angry. I don't cause you know someone to be sad. That's not my problem. We should all have great control over our emotions. But unfortunately, what we as people do is we can cause an escalation of a behavior that's already there. So this guy already came in angry. He had seen his dog get hit by a car. He was angry at the other driver for hitting his dog and then he was angry with us because we did not allow him to be with that dog and so sometimes internally we need to reflect are we causing an escalation or a de-escalation to an angry client and maybe it's not even about the hit by car. Maybe it's over money. They're screaming at you, you cost too much. You know, you are money grubbing. I can't believe you're doing this. All oh, you're in it for the money, right? That type of client. Maybe you have caused a medical error and they're screaming at you about this. You caused a burn on my dog. He didn't come in like that. It was a heating pad burn on the surgery table and they're very upset. No matter who this angry client is, here are the facts you need to know. one. You need to worry only about de-escalating and keeping you and your team safe and anybody else in the room safe. The exploding angry client. These are the scariest and the worst clients. They're super quick to anger and they're even faster to become aggressive and potentially even physically or verbally threatening they tend to be impatient they tend to be sometimes arrogant and again physically or verbally abusive they put their pet's needs above everyone else's in that moment with the guy with the rottweiler he didn't care who else was in the waiting room he only cared about his dog and what that looked like And so no matter what you do for this client, what you say, even if you're trying to prove a point, nothing's going to stop it. Your job really is only to protect yourself and the team in that building. Your role, again, we've got to focus on de-escalation. And so I always like to think about Yoda. Remember how calm Yoda is? Remember how Yoda has great control of their emotions? You want to remain as calm and polite as possible. If possible, try to remove them and put them into a private area so they can blow off steam without upsetting others. But honestly, some of these angry clients, they plant their feet and they refuse to move. So just let them be where they are. I see this unfortunately happening in veterinary medicine a lot where... I see, you know, the, the front desk or the manager or the veterinary technicians or veterinarians say, sir, ma'am, can you please come in this room so we can talk about it? And then the client says, no, I'm not going to move. I want to talk here because no matter what you have to say, all of these people can hear it. And this is where we then make that mistake. Well, I can't talk to you until you come in this room. Eh, That's not true. Actually, that's a complete lie. You have the verbal bandwidth to talk any place, anywhere. And if the client is getting angrier about moving into a room, then let them plant their feet. If you are calm and polite and kind, you can say anything in front of that client. Okay. It doesn't matter who else is in the room. It doesn't matter if there's other clients, let them see you at your best because that's what you are going to be. There's no point in trying to get somebody into a room if they're only going to get angrier, because again, let me repeat, your only job is to de-escalate the situation. Try not to be intimidated. You're going to be intimidated. You are. I, there's not a moment that man or woman, big or small who's yelled at me where I'm not intimidated your your adrenaline's going to kick in, you're going to be nervous, you might actually be shaking. Try your best not to let it show that much. Because if you start going, oh, I'm so sorry, please don't yell at me. I'm so sorry, please don't yell at me. They're likely only going to get worse. However, if you do the reverse of this, where you puff yourself up and you decide to get angry back, what do you think that angry client's going to do? they're only gonna get worse as well. So again, it doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. It doesn't matter if you you know, did this amazing surgery and they're yelling at you about the bill and they're being a jerk. That's fine, save your energy, save your time, just focus on reducing the threat. They're not going to hear you. It's not like you're going to prove your point and they're going to be like, you know what? Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Did I just spend 20 minutes yelling at you? I am a complete and utter jerk. I am so sorry that I did that. Wow, you explained yourself so thoroughly that I have now realized I'm a complete jerk and I I don't even know why I was verbally yelling at you. I don't. I have no clue. Forget it. Save your breath. I've never had a client who's actually converted like that. So instead say, I am really sorry that you're so upset because you are sorry they are so upset. But that should, unless there was a medical harm done to the pet, that really probably is the only thing that you should be sorry for. You are sorry they're upset. Trust me, it'd be a lot damn easier if they weren't upset. But say, I'm sorry you're upset, I wanna help you and your pet, but I can't right now until you calm down. There's a difference between saying, I need you to calm down, that's a direct order, and you're ordering someone, who's angry versus I can't help you until you calm down. That's a, that's a truthful statement. That's acknowledgement of the situation that's happening. Do not take physical threats lightly. uh, lightly. End the conversation immediately. I'm sorry you're upset, but I can't continue this conversation with you because you're threatening physical violence against myself, the hospital, or the team. Or just say, I'm sorry that you're upset, but I can't continue this conversation with you because you're threatening me. We're going to have to end here. Immediately remove yourself, get to a secure location, call the police. Any physical threats, they're never to be taken lightly. If they threaten you, they're coming after you, they're going to do something to you, um, you're done. That's in this day and age, uh, even before this day and age, the safest thing to do is not to take those threats lightly. Try to get to what the bully wants. Repeat it back to you, back to them, and just confirm that you want to help. You can at this time, but you're confirming why they're upset. You're screaming at me, and while I want to help you and you're pet, pa- I can't because you're fo- I'm, my focus is on you screaming at me. When you say the words, my f- focus is on you screaming at me, and I cannot help you with X, Y, and Z they hopefully will understand. Yeah, this is going in nowhere. Um, Just try to get them to explain to you why they're upset and say the things like what I hear you saying is I think what I understand you're upset about and they're going to yell it back to you. Yeah, I said I was upset about the bill. What aren't you getting? I just wanted to make sure that's the case. You are screaming at me and I am trying to do my best to help you. But my focus is on just you yelling at this point. You can stop the conversation, put the power back into your wheelhouse so that you stop that conversation and say, at this point, I've confirmed why you're upset. And I said that I've liked to help you, but you just keep repeating yourself. You're just screaming at me. This is not productive for either one of us. So I'm going to end the conversation here, but I do want to address this. I just need time to digest what you said and I need to calm down you know too often because of this day and age where everything has to be right here right now we think we need to fix all the problems when someone's verbally screaming at you just like in any relationship if you've ever had a hardcore argu- argument with somebody it's not going to be fixed it might be through tears and hours later but this is a client and we don't have that time and even then this very unproductive conversation so literally just say Can we both just digest what happened and I will get back to you in a few hours or tomorrow. I just really need to think about everything that you said. I really want to give it the time and I can't do that because I'm so upset because you've been yelling at me. And I think that's very reasonable to say. Now with any angry person, I want you to stay away from these following phrases and these are good. This is just a life lesson from me to you. Okay, so things to stay away from unless you want to keep staying in the argument. Things that you stay away from are things like don't take it personally. Ooh, that's definitely going to continue that argument. Don't be mad, sad or angry. No offense, but don't get emotional. Always or never. You always, you never. Oh, my God. So many people in my life. You always, you never. Oh, all the time I do that. Mm -hmm. I think you're crazy. No, that's not exactly. Don't call him crazy, by the way. Uh, That's stupid or ridiculous. Everyone thinks, everyone thinks here in this room that you are out of control. Nope, don't say that. You or I don't care, okay? They obviously do care, they're screaming at you. Uh, last week, month, year, you said or did. Oh gosh, that is just one of those marriage things that you all have to learn. Don't bring up the past, stay on the topic. I don't care if the past does, it shows your point that that person has a repetitive behavior, stay on the topic because bringing it up the past isn't gonna matter. And then also stay away from the word you, including you, but not limited to the following. You are a, attacking, right? You are making this, attacking. Here you go again. You need to calm down or you are exaggerating. All of those things attack someone. When you say you are, that's an attacking language. You definitely want to stay away from attacking language when someone is angry. Again, whole point is to de-escalate. All of that said, no one has the right to berate, belittle, antagonize, or threaten you or your hospital team. And when you're dealing with any sort of bully or angry person who's screaming at you, you have to stand up to them and let them know that their behavior is intolerable and it's also unproductive. Be polite, but be firm. Get yourself out of that situation. Explain, I want to help you, but unfortunately I can't do so at this time because you're yelling at me. And definitely go back to the actual issue when everybody's had time to calm down. But then I want you to think about why that person got upset. And sometimes it's very obvious. It's about money. It's about, you know, they felt like their pet didn't receive the best care. But sometimes, let's go back to that Rottweiler story. Sometimes we did it. Sometimes we caused it. And so in that moment when that client is getting angry, I want you to challenge yourself. Can they be with their pet? I'm going to do a podcast on this about the importance of having pets and owners stay with each other. Oh my God, what's the world going to do? This is something I'm truly passionate about and have been for many years. Anyone who's worked with me has told will tell you stories of Amy letting clients sleep overnight in office rooms. Amy just bringing clients back or Amy saying in the middle of COVID I'm bringing this family back their dog is dying. Um, Yes there have been plenty of times where I have brought clients back. I've gotten in trouble over it but I have never regretted it Um, and so when we go back to that exploding angry guy I think back to that time what could I have done to de-escalate that situation. All he wanted was to be with his dog because he loves her. That's his fur baby. That's his kid. And again, this predates all that flea and tick prevention. So he really loved his dog and he just wanted to be there. And that dog probably in that moment needed him too. Even if she didn't have the mental state to know where he was at, they can hear voices. And that helps with hopefully the healing process and hopefully the recovery. In her case, obviously, I don't think anything would have helped, but it certainly would have given that client that time to be with her. And it probably would have de-escalated the situation from us. Would he still been very angry at the person who hit her? Oh, yes. Um, But that it has nothing to do with me. And so keeping your veterinary clinic safe sometimes means Is this client, what they are asking, is it completely unreasonable? And can I accommodate it? If all they want to do is be with their pet, I'm going to challenge you and say, why not? Is it that crazy? Because here's the thing. I could easily be that guy. Those, my pets, they are my fur kids. If they got hit by a car and you told me I had to wait up front and I needed to be with them, You better let me back or I'm going to act like a raging lunatic. And so, again, I'm not condoning his behavior because how we act, obviously we have to take responsibility for our own behavior. No one made us do it. No one act crazy. No one told him that, you know, or made him threaten the veterinary hospital. But we also pushed him over an edge. And so when we have that client who's getting angry, let's not push him over the edge. I want you to just think outside the box. But also, again, no one has the right to berate, belittle, antagonize, or threaten you or your hospital team. Don't try to prove a point. You are probably right. It's not worth it. Deescalate the situation keep yourself and your team safe, revisit conversations with clients, certainly that's okay to do, end the conversation. Don't let it drag on and on. Make sure you stay in control of that conversation by just simply ending it. I hope these tips and tricks have helped. Thank you so much for listening. Keep on being a unicorn and check out all my other blogs, vlogs, and podcasts at vetteamtraining.com.